How should we design learning experiences that are engaging and relevant? Um, well, I think one of the big things for me is the time that I've spent like in the last year when we were doing design thinking with High Howard and stuff. Um, it really made me aware of that need for empathy. Mm. I mean, I think that idea of empathy has always been there, but it was kind of a separate concept. Mm. And as I've come to, I like your word grapple, but <laughs> kind of grapple with this idea of learning experiences in this empathy interview, it really is thinking about that end user and what is it that they need in order to immerse themselves in what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And I think that is um, one of the big struggles in education in its traditional sense when you're thinking about um, kind of this assembly line process that we put kids through. And, and not just kids, but even adults, you know, there's the, there is the whole pre-K to 12, then the college, then the post-grad, and the internship, and we have this very linear model of education, and you hear about different times that things become out of line, out of necessity, and so really understanding what is it that your learner wants to gain from their experience, or what is it they need to gain? And I think it's that idea of empathy, thinking about that student slash person as a whole person. Um, you know, we ask them to do so many things, and most of it is motivated by things that they don't even understand. Hmm. You meaning that it's things that we are motivating yes. or, or that we think yeah. are important. Either we think are important or society thinks is important. Um, and maybe, I'm not saying it's not important. <laughs> I'm not saying learning algebra is a terrible idea. That is <laughs> not what I'm saying at all. But um, learning something simply for the sake of learning, mm -hmm. I think that hits such a very small portion of our population. And so the relevancy that you're that you're looking for is about everyone, right? It's it about is. all students. Yeah, and I think we need to design learning experiences for that wide range of students. Yes, we have to have foundational skills. You have to learn how to read. But does it matter what you're reading if this is relevant to you and you um, and this is important to you? How can we design a learning experience where you're reading a recipe, maybe an owner's manual of a car, or um, whatever those things are that are important to you in your everyday life? Yeah. And so let's come back to the idea of empathy and, mm -hmm. and sort of, it sounds like it plays a central role in the way in which you're thinking about learning experiences. I think it is. Um, how do you best build that empathy? How do you best understand who your learners are? Um, I think getting to know them on a personal level, building that trust mm -hmm. between you and the learner. Mm -hmm. um, there has to be a certain amount of trust because there are times that you're going to ask them to do things that they really don't have a clue why. But you have to have trust there first. 
they have to trust that, you know, not trust me, but no, trust me, this will help you eventually. And, and maybe that eventually is, you know, a hundred years from now, but <laughs> as you ask everyone who, I was, I, it's so funny, I was talking to somebody about this the other day, and it's like, there are certain things that I can do that I learned a long time ago that at the point, at that time, I didn't know what it was but or you, why. You are building the trust so that, that you are, uh, when you ask them to take a leap, that they come with you or that yes. they leap with you. Yeah. Um, Thanks for bringing me back. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. So when you build that trust and sort of build that relationship mm -hmm. with, your, with your learner, are there things that you can do that violate that trust, that make it so that they don't want to come with you, um, and and sort of that that sort of are make it so difficult for them to make that leap? Um, I would say absolutely yes. I'm just trying to think through that whole question. Um, I think it depends on the level of trust that you develop mm -hmm. with a with a student, because. Um, the more trust there is, the stronger that foundation is, the more chips you can take at it, and it's still going to be there, right? <laughs> sure, you think sure. about a pedestal, it's like, yeah, every once in a while you're going to chip away at it, mm -hmm. and, you know, it's, there's going to be times. Um, I think it's critical that you, that you are aware of that level of trust, and that you know that you've got to keep paying into it, mm -hmm. too. You know, there are times that you just have to keep um, letting them know you trust them. I trust you, even though you're probably going to fail, but that's okay. I, you know, but I trust you to try. And um, that idea of trusting someone to to try, trusting them that they're that they have within themselves enough to to do something, you know, maybe even incredible, right? Um, I think trust, they need to also believe that you're not, a, I don't know if the word is expect, but we have a lot of, I, from my experience, a lot of my students are not good at failing. Mm -hmm. They, and I, I think, and I don't know if it's from, set up from before, like, I've got to get it right. And it's like, I don't care if you get it right. Give it a try. It doesn't have to be perfect to do it. Mm -hmm. You just have to. Don't let your fear of failure paralyze you. Hmm. You know, it's like that—it's that blank piece of paper in front of you. Well, I don't know what to write about because my life is boring, and and I kind of fall into that because I'm not much of a writer. But um, but getting a student who can't write to even put one thing down on the paper and to celebrate that one thing—maybe mm -hmm. it's not enough, but it's it is a step. Right, and right. that, and that tr trying, that sort of culture of try. Yeah, and it's good job, great, I'm so glad you tried. And so, and knowing, and knowing your learner that for this student, writing one sentence was huge, whereas this student is writing three pages and story after story after story. Well, and that comes back to sort of the, the empathy, the way in which we understand who our students are and what they need, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I, I'm really intrigued uh, about the, the way in which you build trust, build empathy um, through trying, through asking one another to try. Mm -hmm. um, and I also think, or, or, or I would love to know your thoughts on 
what is it that the teacher should be trying? Right? If the student, if she's asking the student to mm -hmm. try to create this culture of try, what is the teacher trying? How are they modeling that culture of try? I think definitely teachers have to be very open and saying, hey, I don't know. Just those three words can mm -hmm. be shocking to kids. Or that's a great question. <laughs> you know? I mean, I think some sometimes students when you're in kindergarten, I, I imagine your teacher probably does know about just about everything, you know? <laughs> everything you could possibly imagine, except for, you know, maybe the very obscure. But um, as you get older, teachers don't know everything. Don't. Great secret, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we really don't. And But it's like so turning it around and being vulnerable with your students and saying, um... I mean, I've done it like number talks, and you like look at it and go, yeah, that is totally wrong. Um, hang on just a second. Right. And, and, and you're like, modeling that thinking <laughs> and the trying. It's like, you know what? I clearly did something wrong. Can anyone help me to figure this yeah. out? And so opening yourself up as no expert. Mm. And, you know, it's, yes, you are an expert of learning. Right. But you might not be an expert of all content. You know, because they will ask you things. I remember, because I taught fifth grade for so long, one of the most engaging things I could do with fifth grade boys when we get to social studies, and you get, it's really hard to teach Civil War without mentioning the word guns. You know, and it's like, it's like you can't say the word gun in school, and it's like, well, actually we can. <laughs> because we kind of have to. And, um, and so there is that kind of fear, but... It's amazing. You go, I don't know what kind of guns they used. I don't know. Why don't you find out the difference between a Gatling gun and a thing, which you might want to look it up in a book right. just to make sure search engines work. But, um, but it's but saying, I don't know, but I do know they used guns in the Civil War. Why don't you tell me, you teach me something right along that. Well, and I think that then builds the relationship even more, right? Like, it, oh, it really is investing. Oh, they're so excited, and they come in, and, yeah. Yeah, no, I really like that a lot. I feel like you've definitely tackled this question. I'm interested in what the question is that you feel um, we should be asking. What should we be asking okay. to one another um, as, a, as a system? What are you constantly grappling with? Okay. When I think about in my role, uh -huh. Um, one of the things that I really grapple with is teachers trusting me to be knowledgeable about things beyond technology. Mm. And that, that is kind of a struggle. And it, it's interesting because it came up the last night and again this morning um, with two different teachers. And we were discussing things that I'm more than a computer. Right. And I think... We all tend to silo people we work with. You are good for this. Yes, <laughs> that is exactly the conversation I had. And, there, and um, I was having a conversation with one of the EA, EAs over there, and we were talking about, um, you know, she, she was like, I would really like to teach this, but I really need to talk with an ELA per person to find out how I can reach second language learners. And I said, you do know my master's is in second language learning. And I taught this, and she said, I never thought about that. 
So, and he came up last night, we were talking, and I'm like, okay, so I just took a class on, this is last summer, on um, the reconstruction period of the Civil War, mm -hmm. which I knew nothing about before. It was not my area, but it was fascinating. Yep. And I was like, so, not that I'm any expert, but um, to make sure that people see ed tech coaches as the sum of our parts, well, you were talking before about seeing students or learners as whole people. Yeah. Right? You're asking others to see you as a whole person. Yeah, there's a whole lot to me that is, I mean, I really don't like computers sometimes. Right. You know, I love coaching it because it's a struggle, and I've had to struggle through it. It's. And you love the process, right? The I, learning process. I am, I am such a learner. I, you know what? I could probably go coach something else, but it's... It's not the computers that I am passionate about. It is the learning, and I love learning. And so I think that is something that I grapple with. So how do we see our students, you know, and how do we see each other as the sum of our parts? And, or find out what those parts are. Right, right, right. <laughs> like figuring out really the, the, the whole of what it means yeah. to be a learner, what it means to be you know, uh, someone who has a passion or has multiple passions, but that that, that is not the only thing that they are. Right. And I, you, think, I think that's a really valuable, you know, sort of line of inquiry, right? Like, and, and I think that if we can ask each other this and, and sort of expect of one another mm -hmm. that we will be seen as whole people, right? And that we will see our learners as whole people, then I think that sets us up for a lot of the other questions that we're asking, right? I think How do so we create too. equity? Right? If we see each other as whole people... Then we recognize that you are more than your second language. You right. are more than your test score.